Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Our buddy Aaron Torres of Fox Sports and the Aaron Torres podcast joins us from Lipstick City. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Feliz Navidad. Happy New Year. What up, Aaron? Scotty, I, I seem to remember last uh, last December. I think you took the whole month off. What are you even doing, man? Yeah, I literally, uh, I have five shows left, and I'm going to take the rest of the year off. Literally, uh, whatever it is, uh, I think I have till I have Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday this week, and then Monday, Tuesday, and then I'm done for the year. And then everyone hates me that I do it. I get grief from uh, fans, and I get grief from suits, but I never liked them anyway. So what's the difference? <laughs> Yeah, I read an article you uh, you know you were interviewed in one time. You didn't have the nicest thing to say about those suits. But uh, listen, I'm happy you're here. I'm happy to chat with you, uh, and I hope all is well, and I hope you enjoy these last few shows of 2019. Thanks, brother. What did you think of um, Texas Tech's performance tonight and uh, the, you know beating Louisville and then Maryland lost tonight, and, and are you watching the Hoosiers, my hurry and Hoosiers against UConn? Well, I'm watching my UConn Huskies class of 2007, um, and yeah, listen, I I, um, I think it was kind of a wild night in college hoops. I am personally of the belief, listen, Texas Tech needed this win um, because obviously, look, they lost three straight. But I'll also say that um, you know I'll also say that that Louisville. I I think even though they were number one in the country, even though they were number one in the country coming into this game. I think they have real issues, Scotty. I'm sure you had on the um, the game in uh, against Michigan State on in the studio, and right. that was a game that even though they were excuse me Michigan, even though they yeah. won, it was sloppy, and they basically had one player, their star Jordan Wara, played well in that game. And so I only bring it up because I think against the two best teams they've played all year, I don't think they look very good in either. I think they have real problems at the guard spot. Louisville fans don't want to hear it. But even though they were number one coming into today, I think they got some big questions going into ACC play. Yeah, I, I think they're a good team, and I'm not uh, denying that. I think that uh, – well, let me just say this. that I believe that the worst thing in the world now in sports is weekly college uh, <laughs> basketball and football rankings and – Power rankings are even worse than that. There is nothing worse. It's the kiss of death being a number one. But I, I just don't think it matters ever at the beginning of the season, middle of the season, even the last quarter of the season. All that matters, as you know, Aaron, get in the tournament and win in yep. advance. And if you win it all, you're number one. Every other poll means absolutely jack shack. No, 100%. And, you know, Scotty, this has been one of my arguments for many years, and I'll even take it a step further. Um, not only do I not particularly like preseason's poll specifically, we're, you know, 100 years into the poll era, and we still haven't figured out what we're supposed to be doing with these polls. Is it the team that we think is the best right now? Is it the team with the best resume? Is it the team that we think will be the best when whatever playoff in college football or college basketball comes about. And so that's kind of my issue. You know, listen, I do a weekly top 25 because everybody wants to see it. 
and people get mad at me because I actually am one of those guys that overreacts and says, like, okay, uh, you know, I'm going to base my rankings based on what I've seen and not my preseason expectations. Right. And so, yeah, this week I had Ohio State number one, and people said, well, Louisville just beat Michigan. I said, well, Ohio State's beating Villanova and UNC like by 25 apiece. So like that's my bigger issue. Sorry, Scott, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, there. I like them. In fact, if I were to say right now the two best teams I've seen play are Duke and Ohio State. Yeah, it's it's actually funny. I was having this conversation before uh, you and I got on the air. I think those are the two best teams that I've seen as well. I would throw Kansas in. I know that Kansas uh, lost to Duke on opening night. They've kind of juggled around their lineup. I think they have a lot better feel for who they are and how they want to play. Um, but I, I'm with you. Ohio State's really good. I'm actually going to see them in Vegas here in a few weeks. You're welcome to hop on a flight and come hang out. Uh, they play Kentucky in Vegas on the 21st, so two Saturdays from now. Excited to see them in person. I'm with you. Those two, and I would include Kansas right now, even with that loss to Duke. I really like what I'm That's I've a great invitation. Them. I uh, accept one of the problems I have is uh, I go to Vegas 15 times a year. So uh, every time I go to Vegas, uh, more and more I get sick of it. I-, I love Vegas, but I just can't go. I mean, I literally go 15 times a year, and I'm just constantly – in the, in Vegas, I'm in some casino with people screaming in my face and blowing hits in my face, and I, I want to punch someone in the mouth. I'd rather be playing basketball, as you know. So let me ask you this question. Aaron Torres with us. Uh, Michigan State and North Carolina, I have watched them both, and you talk about overrated. I mean, the thing that I'm noticing is I never saw North Carolina lose a game like that at the Dean Dome in 20 years. And I also think, uh, you know, the home cooking that they get at the Breslin Center with Izzo is ridiculous. But to see them lose at home also shows me that something's desperately wrong with that team. They are they are clearly not one of the best teams in the country, even though everyone thinks they are. I think that the Big Ten season will make them look better, but I'm not sure I'm buying that they're this great team. They, they look crappy to me. So does North Carolina. Yeah, real quick on Carolina, I'll just make this quick. I actually picked Cole Anthony as preseason national player of the year because I thought there was a lot of, uh, you know, Trey Young at Oklahoma going on. Even though the jersey says Carolina, they lost a ton off three first-round picks plus Luke May, who was one of the better players, believe it or not, in program history. And that's very much come true. I mean, you watch that team, and there's frankly, and I hate to be rude, just some guys that probably aren't good enough to wear a Carolina jersey or play the roles that they are. They're being forced into action. As for Michigan State, I think some of it is fixable. The big thing that I noticed with them, Scotty, Cassius Winston, I still like a lot. Uh, He's the point guard All-American, and they get a lot of buckets at the rim. They have no mid-range game. They have no deep three-point shooting game. I think it was four for 25 they were against Kentucky to open the season and four for 16 maybe against uh, uh, Duke the other night. And so they got to figure out guys to, to hit from three because right now every basket is coming at the rim. And in college basketball, NBA basketball period in 2019, whether you're playing Scotty Farrell's pickup games or not, you can't be trading twos down every single possession, eventually not being able to make a three catches up with you. Have you ever seen a uh, Aaron Torres Fox Sports and the Aaron Torres podcast with us again on the bench? Have you ever seen a game? Uh, literally, I haven't. In my, I've been playing for 45, 48 years. Do you, have you ever seen a game where one team had 11 free throws and the other team had none? 
Uh, I haven't. What game was that? That was my game last week, and I'm still mad oh, okay. about it. Mafia, Mafia knows that I haven't slept, and not only that, I got Rhea. <laughs> I got Rhea five times over thinking about it. I immediately get irritable bowel when I think of a ref that gives one team. 11 free throws, and the other team none, and 15 fouls to four. They're both fascist communists. And have you ever seen a game where one team never shot a free throw, even in fifth-grade basketball? I haven't, and actually that makes me feel a little bit better only because I thought there was a major college basketball game that I missed where one team took zero foul shots, and I was like, what kind of fan-slash-analyst am I? As for those refs, they were clearly on the take. We needed an investigation uh, I don't know whether we call the FBI that, you know, they were big into college hoops a few years ago, the NYPD, you know, the DEA, but we got to get somebody on those refs, man. You can't let them get away with that kind of nonsense. All right, here's the deal. Um, I want to ask you a couple more college basketball questions, and then we're going to break. Then we're going to come back, and we're going to do all of the bowl games. So sure. you're doing a double shot, whether you like it or not. Here's the deal. That's my Christmas present from you. You're doing a double shot. So here's the deal. Is San Diego State good because you're out there, and how good is Butler because they keep covering for me? Yeah, so I'll tell you this, Scott, and I've tweeted it out, and I know you follow me on Twitter. Um, you know, you know, I love college hoops, and, and I know so many people in this sport, uh, and I'm always picking the brains of assistant coaches, head coaches, whoever will pick up my phone, phone calls, basically. I've had two assistant coaches, independent of each other, do not know each other, that have both played San Diego State that told me they have Final Four-type talent and are legitimately a top 15 team. If you've seen them, they're so big down low. Um, and so, you know, they, they, they're just re- a really good team. Um, you know, they, they struggled the other day just because I think they were a little flat after a hot start to the season. As for Butler, uh, they lost tonight at Baylor, but it, was, it came literally down to the last shot of the game. They're more impressive than I thought. They were one of the teams in the Big East that I really kind of thought was going to struggle, and I completely whiffed on that one. Credit to them. They beat Florida. They're looking really good so far. And are you buying uh, – I had that five-and-a-half uh, with, with Butler tonight. Hopefully they covered. Auburn, are you buying Pearl's team again? You know, it's crazy. So a little preview of my, my podcast tomorrow. I've had uh, Andy, Ke- uh, Andy Kennedy from SEC Network, former Ole Miss coach, on tomorrow. And we talked a lot about Auburn. What's crazy about them, and I'm kind of copping out of the question – they have, coming off a of Final Four, completely changed their style of play. They were all guards and three-point shooting last year. Now they got a bunch of big guys. I'm amazed at how they've looked. Um, you know, I just want to see them more against better competition because as good of a coach as Bruce Pearl is, to completely change your style of play overnight uh, has been borderline incredible to me to watch. So I just need to see more of them. But, man, dude, they are just beating the you-know-what out of some pretty decent teams, and I'm starting to think they're for real. All right, so uh, Aaron Torres is uh, rooting for UConn. They're down five with under 15 left at the Garden, the world's most famous in the uh, Jimmy V. I believe it's the Jimmy V Classic. So anyway, uh, let's break. We'll come back and talk about uh, the best bowl games, all of the best bowl games, not the crappy ones. We'll talk about all the best ones with Aaron Torres from Fox Sports and the Aaron Torres Podcast. It's Frell on the bench with us is CBS Sports Radio. Aaron Torres is with us from Fox Sports and the Aaron Torres Podcast. And now we thought we'd talk college football with him. He does both uh, college rack and college football. So when you saw the uh, Final Four uh, you know, and Oklahoma got it, uh, and now they're facing LSU, and they're, what, 12, 13-point dogs, and then Clemson's favored by two or whatever, Ohio State. What did you think? Um, You know, 
nothing like immediately jumped out. Um, That line feels like a lot for Oklahoma, but if you've watched them this year, and I know you have, Scotty, but for anybody who hasn't, like this is not the vintage Oklahoma, Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, up and down the field, every single possession scoring touchdowns offense. Look, we all know they were down 28-3 to to Baylor. Uh, they gave up 20 unanswered against Iowa State and had to hold on in that game. The Big 12 championship game was low scoring. So I was a little surprised when I saw the number jump up quickly. But I'll tell you, like, I don't think this is a vintage Oklahoma team. I think they'll be able to score some on LSU. I don't think this is the the 45-42 shootout that everybody thinks it is. Ohio State, Clemson, you know, I'll say this for Clemson real quick. They're playing as well as anybody on both sides of the ball. I know the competition is terrible. It goes without saying. You don't need me to tell you. But I, I, I just sit there and I say, man, dude, they've been so locked in really since that near loss to North Carolina. Uh, I haven't thought enough to say definitively that I love Clemson there, but I see why people like them. Yeah, you know, I think Ohio State is a really good team. The way they came back on Wisconsin was very impressive. I never thought, believe it or not, that they were out of that game when they were down when they were down big early. But I'll say this. I think that um really at the end of the day, the Big 10 is a bunch of posers and they were you know what I mean? They were just beating up on on bunk ass teams that they could none of those teams could beat uh, frankly, LSU, Oklahoma, or Clemson, they'd all get their ass beat. So I think Ohio State's really good on both sides of the ball. They are good, but they have been beating up on patsies, if you ask me. And, and you know, all right, I'll give you Penn State is okay, and, and Wisconsin's okay, but they're not great. I don't want to hear it, and you know it. And then now they're going to – now they're really going to play a team. And, and what will we see from them, that this great vaunted team that's been number one for a while and everyone thinks is so great, are they really that good? Well, and I'll I'll add this too, Scott. It's something that nobody's really talked about, and maybe I'm overreacting. I thought it was kind of weird. Ryan Day, uh, first of all, to go back to the SEC championship game, after the game, uh, they asked Ed Orgeron on the field, should you be number one, make your case. And he's like, honestly, man, whoever they tell us to play, we'll play. And that, to me, was a guy that's like, dude, we played Florida, we played uh, Georgia, we played Bama, just line them up. Like, we, we took care of everybody on the schedule. And then Ryan Day, both on the field, uh, claimed it. And then in the press conference, after, after the field was announced, actually said, yeah, I'm a little bit disappointed in the committee. I thought we had done to, to earn the number one seed. And so, listen, I, I know this isn't the traditional way that we talk about bowl games, but so much of these bowl games with a month off is preparation. And maybe that's a chip on its shoulder for Ohio State, but maybe it's them coming in thinking that they got screwed. And so I just, it, it was minor. Maybe it meant nothing. I just didn't like that attitude from Ryan Day. And then, as you said, like, I'm not sold on some of the competition that they've played either. Although the last three weeks against ranked teams, they have looked good. Uh, so, uh, by the way, UConn just tied the game with a flush dunk. It was great. Uh, Michigan, Alabama, uh, in uh, Orlando, in this camping stadium, uh, whatever, a bowl game, Citrus Bowl. So, let me ask you, uh, you would think, like, because I think Carver High said to me that Alabama just doesn't care now that they've not, you're not in the playoff, that they lost to Auburn. They just don't care. I still think they'll beat Michigan's ass. Yeah, well, listen, to me, that is the, um, you know, to me it's the most intriguing game because I, I just think it's so hard to pinpoint what to expect. Um, 
you know, uh, you look at the game, first of all, Bama, like it's been talked about, but are they psyched? Are they ready to play? How many guys are going to sit out after playing bowl games This or after playing in playoffs? You know, what does this mean to them? And then Michigan, it's what you just said, Scotty. Athletically, we've seen them against these elite upper echelon teams, Ohio State, uh, Florida in the, the Peach Bowl last year, and it's just it's not pretty. And so I'm just fascinated because I think it's a motivation thing, and then I also just think it's a skill set thing. I, this is one, like, if I'm a gambler, and you if you want to throw down a couple bucks just to have a little action, that's fine. But it, I don't know how anyone can sit there and say definitively that they have a good feel for how this one's going. Yeah, I do. Uh, Minnesota and Auburn. Do, okay. uh, Minnesota, okay. Minnesota and Auburn. Uh, now, Minnesota, are they posers or not? Because if Auburn can beat Alabama, I think they're going to beat Minnesota's ass. Well, you know, the only thing I would say about Auburn is the quarterback play was bad all year. Now that can go one of two ways. You have an extra month to practice, you could look really good. Or if it continues, Minnesota's the wrong team to to have bad quarterback play against or to fall down against because the simple fact is they run the clock, they're great with time of possession, all that kind of stuff. And so um, – you know, that's the thing that stands out to me. I feel a little bit better about Minnesota, not because I think they're the better team, but the quarterback play with Auburn concerns me. And also, like, dude, I know people like to pick apart P.J. Fleck, but that dude has his team ready to go for big games. This is the biggest game, frankly, that any of these kids have ever played in, at least in the postseason. I think they'll be fired up. I wouldn't be surprised if they did pull off the upset in this one. Assuming it's an upset, I haven't seen the line yet on that. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't. I, I just they're not. They're, no, the Big Ten, they're bro. well. No, I. I. You know, I went to the Big Ten, so I don't hate it. I just think that they're not as good as Auburn. That's all there is to it. Uh, Auburn just beat Alabama. Okay, uh, and Oregon, Wisconsin. Do you think that Justin Herbert can beat the Badgers in the Rose Bowl? I, I think that he's got a shot to be able to beat them. Well, I think if. The Oregon offensive line and run game shows up the way that they did against Utah because, listen, Wisconsin's phenomenal in the front seven, but one, they can be exposed by speed as we saw against Ohio State, and two, uh, as good as they are in the front seven, they are no better than Utah, and and, um, Auburn, or excuse me, Oregon absolutely abused Utah. I would also say they actually held up very well against uh, Auburn to open the season as well, even though they didn't win that game. They were leading up until there was nine seconds left in the game, Um, and so I only bring that up because uh, I actually do like Oregon in that game, and not just because I'm, I'm taking the Scott Farrell bet against the Big Ten uh, mantra here. Uh, I just think that stylistically they match up well. Uh, and I do think, you know, listen, everyone says these bowl games don't matter to, to these kids if it's not the playoff. I think going to the Rose Bowl means something for Oregon. I think they'll be fired up now. So what about um, Aaron Torres with his Georgia Baylor could be a hell of a game. Now, a lot of people are scared to death of, of Georgia and – I'm starting to think that they're not as good as everybody thinks they are, to be honest with you. And and Baylor's a very tough football team. They gave Oklahoma fits twice. They lost to them by three both times. But they can, I mean, they can go toe-to-toe with anybody. The problem I have is they're playing that game in, uh, oh, it's in the, it's, you know, down in the Superdome. So, I mean, all those Georgia fans are going to, you know, drive an hour down there, and that'll be that. They're going to own that building, you would think. Well, remember, Scott, if Georgia win, it wins, it's because they're the better team. And if they lose, it's because how could they possibly be motivated 
uh, so close to the college football playoff, or at least that was the excuse last year when they lost to Texas. Uh, I, I'm with you. I, I think for Baylor, it is about motivation. They are fired up to be there. I know they were, you know, a game away from the college football playoff, but this has been a dream season. They were one and 11, two years ago to go from that to the sugar bowl. I still think means something for that team, that program, those players, George, on the other hand, second year in a row, uh, in the Sugar Bowl, second year in a row, they were on the outside looking in the college football playoff, came up short in the SEC championship game. I really, and by the way, and here's the other thing, DeAndre Swift might not play in that game because he's pretty banged up coming out of the regular season. So I've always thought Georgia was overvalued all season. The defense is great, but the offense is terrible. Um, and, I, I, you know, I, I'm just saying I would lean Baylor because I just think they have a lot more to play for. I'm curious about the quarterback situation, though, coming out of the Big 12 championship. All right, Aaron, listen, have a great Christmas and New Year. Always great having you on the bench. Killer stuff tonight. We did a massive double dip with college rack and football. Fantastic. My man, thanks so much. No problem, Scotty. Happy New Year. Happy holiday to you and your staff and your family. Thank you. My man, Aaron Torres, Fox Sports and Aaron Torres podcast, a regular on the bench. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.